You're listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. Bridges Nashville is a church plant in the heart of Music City, meeting at the Listening Room Cafe in downtown Nashville, Tennessee. Here's this week's message. All right, everybody still feeling Jesus in the house? A few of you. Anybody still feel God in the house with us today? Three of you. Well, I still feel Jesus, so I'm going to keep on keeping on. Amen. Hey, thank you guys for being here. Uh, as we continue on with our story series, and I'm so excited about these, just hearing real stories from people we've decided to dedicate this summer uh, to just real stories, real life stories that, that can empower other people to keep going in their journey of life. And, you know, we believe, uh, according to Rome, uh, Revelation 12, 11, says they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And something amazing begins to happen when you share your testimony, you share your story. Uh, it can empower those that, that are around you. It can empower the, the hearers of that story. They may not identify with every single aspect of your story, but they're going to pick out something that I believe they can apply to their life. And they can say, if God did that for me, for them, God can do that for me. Amen. Y'all believe that with me today? Amen. So here we go. I'm going to ask them to turn my microphone so you can hear me real loud and clear and uh, so I can speak to the people in the back. Amen. Here we go. Uh, so as we're celebrating Father's Day, and I know there's a plethora of different emotions, and uh, my story is not designed to try to touch on each and every different scenario, but it's my story. Everybody say, it's his story. It's not my story. It's mine. So, but I am believing God that in some form, fashion, some point of this story, you can grab different components and different parts and apply those to your life. And my hope is that it will point everybody back to the realization that we have a heavenly father that is always with us. Amen. No matter how far we can get away from him or disconnect. Anybody ever feel disconnected from somebody you were in a relationship with? And, but we can reconnect through that. So here we go. So my story starts. Everybody ready for this? My story starts with uh, the realization that I had one day of realizing I'm a full-grown man married with children. I'm a pastor, preacher. I love God. And I haven't seen my own dad, who's still alive, in 30 years. I know 30 years is a long time. Hadn't talked to my own dad in 30, everybody say 30 years. Man, that's just, that's a long time. Long time. I hadn't seen him or talked to him in 30 years. That's where my story begins. Coming to the realization, whoa. What happened? Haven't talked to my own dad or seen his face in 30 years. So oftentimes when God, God kind of stops you in your tracks, I mean, he, can, he pushes the rewind. And I went on this whole rewind of, of what, what really began to happen. And so uh, time doesn't permit me to tell the whole entire story, but I'm going to do it in this time that I have allotted today. But uh, growing up, my dad was a great dad. I mean, he was, that, he was that manly man. I mean, he, he took care of his family. Uh, he, he didn't take nothing off of nobody. And I think that's where I get some of my boldness from. 
when it comes to if you mess with my kids, I mean, no, you're going to catch the wrath. I know we always give credit to the mamas, the mama bear, but I believe there's some dads that are lions, amen, <laughs> that, that will destroy anybody that messes with their kids. And so, so my dad was a good dad. Uh, he taught us and, and showed us how to take care of his family. Uh, he loved us. Uh, when we hit our, when I hit my teenage years, uh, my dad and my mom began to have marital issues that were outside of my control. And so, long story short, at the age of 16, on my 16th birthday, everybody say 16th birthday, this was the last time I ever saw my dad. He stopped by the house just to say happy birthday, and I didn't see him again for 30 years, 30 years. My dad and my mom got divorced. It was a horrible divorce. And I say that at 16, uh, I didn't know all the relational issues that they had. Uh, but it was horrible, I felt, because when my dad left, we lost everything. My mom tried to keep the house whole together as a single mother. Uh, I remember one day it was... Um, Spring break, the morning of spring break, Monday morning, I'm sleeping in because it's spring break. We hear this pounding at the door. And just me and my mom are home. My sister's at work. My brother had already moved out of the house. And I answer the door. There's a, there's a sheriff standing at the door. There's a moving van, moving truck outside on the street. And there's like three movers there. And I'm like, hold on, let me go get my mama, <laughs> you know. Mom walks up, and she already knows what's going on. Long story short, they repossess our house in one day. They took all of our belongings. They put them in the trailer, in the truck. The only thing we had in our possession was what we could, we could fit in our car. My mom said, go upstairs and grab some clothes. Called my sister at school. She came uh, at work. She came home, grabbed the clothes that we could carry, shoved them in our car. And they took possession of all of our possessions and something with the court because we were so back behind on mortgage. They repossessed all of our stuff and our house. We ended up in a one-bedroom apartment with just the clothes that we could carry. I mean, no, that's pretty tough on a 16-year-old boy. And even in that moment, as I, as I look back, I could, I could see God in it. I mean, you don't see God in the beginning. But as you grow older and you develop a relationship, you can look back and, okay, God, you were there. And I remember sitting out on the porch with my mom, locked out of our house. And I just had this thought. Mom, what's next for us? Where do we go from here? My mom was a woman of faith, and she just kept saying, God's going to take care of us. God's going to take care of us. And as we sat in that one-bedroom apartment with just the clothes that we could fit in our car, no furniture, no anything, my mom said, I told you God's going to take care of us, and she started making me go to church. I had a drug problem. My mom drugged me to church. Okay? She drugged me to church against my will. And she started making me go to this church. And, and, and I didn't want to. I was reluctant, didn't want to go to church. And in the midst of that, my dad leaving because they got a divorce. 
in the midst of that, being at that church, the youth pastor there just took notice of me, a broken young man. He began to pour into me. And you know, Ryan, one day when I was at church and, and we were after church, we were leaving and we were in the foyer, I heard the voice of that youth pastor that shouted across the, uh, across the foyer. He said, he go, hey, there goes that mighty young man of God. And I looked up and, he's, and I didn't know God from anybody. But he's speaking something into my life. And when he spoke those words to me, he said, there goes that mighty young man of God. It's almost like, like he was proclaiming something over my life. There goes that mighty young man of God. He knew my story. He knew my dad had left. And from that moment on, I don't know what it was, but something connected me with that youth pastor. That became a true father figure in my life. And all of this was in a three-month time frame of dad leaving, us losing everything. And all of a sudden, I have a father figure speaking something into my life. And I didn't know what it was at the moment. But he said, hey, there goes that mighty young man of God right there. From then on, the relationship began to form. And as I look back, even, you know, that's why the scriptures say when father and mother forsake you, the Lord will pick you up and take you up. And he'll begin to father you. And because God began to send not only that youth pastor, but other men of God into my life. I never, I never hit a season where I felt a void of a father. Does that make sense? I never hit a, I never went, went more than three months feeling sorry for myself, thinking I didn't have a dad to, to call upon or when I was going through something. Like God provided that. And I believe a lot of times when we hit moments in life, God will provide something in a, in a, in a form that, that you didn't initially think would happen. Or, or you didn't even think you needed. But God sent men of God into my life to help, help form me and shape me uh, and, and lead me on a path to what I believe God had for me, which was ministry. And so as we begin to develop that relationship and as, as, as time went on and I begin to grow uh, uh, in, the, in the things of God, there was still something that was missing in me. Everybody say missing. There was still something that, that had kind of skewed my whole viewpoint on relationships. And I didn't know what it was. Anybody ever wished you could erase some of the relationships you had in your past? I'm not talking about your present relationship right now. But anybody ever risk, man, I, I, I wish I could just erase that one from my life. And really, you know, and all of a sudden I, I looked up and I realized, well, what is, what's going on with me as I've got great men of God speaking into my life, but, but when it comes to relationships, I'm a failure. Like I've got relationships that I shouldn't have been involved in. I've got relationships that I, 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 I was totally away from God. Like what, why am I in this mode of wrecked relationships that I should not even be involved in with someone of the opposite sex? Like this wrecked, this ruined relationship. And, and God began to take me on a journey because I had to come to a realization like, whoa, this is, this is deep rooted in me. What happened here? 
And as a 16-year-old kid, I finally realized when I met my, my wife and we started dating, and she's back there in the back, and she can testify to this. As, as we were dating and we got to the point of, of, of me getting ready to propose to her. Now, I was like, man, we're, we're dating. Like, this is great, man. I'm about to, I'm about to be a husband, and, and, you know, things are looking pretty good in my life. I've got, I've got great men of God that are, that are fathering me, and I'm going on, and now I've, I've met this cute little blonde girl, and we about to hook up. We about to get married and hook up. You know, we, we about to do this thing. And as I was about to propose to her, I had a panic attack. Would anybody ever have a panic attack? You know what those? I had never had a panic attack before in my life. But I'm driving down the road, got the ring, Rick, and, and I'm thinking, man, I get to go propose. All of a sudden, this panic attack hits me, and I'm shaking. I had to pull over on the side of the road and try to figure out what is wrong with me. All of a sudden, uh, I begin to tell myself I'm about to ruin my life. You're, you're about to mess your life up. You're about to get married, and, and then she's going to want to have children. You're about to mess your whole life up. And I'm thinking, where is that coming from? What is going on with me? Why? Because just a few minutes ago, I'm, I'm thanking God for bringing this wonderful woman into my life. And now I'm thinking, I'm about to really jack my life and future up. Pulled over on the side of the road and, and cried out to God like, God, I don't know what's going on. How I many know on your life journey, sometimes you can block out some stuff. Sometimes things take a, a root in you and spring up later in life. And God revealed something to me in that car as I pulled over on the side of the road and there I was and and I remember God took me back to uh, right before my dad left. And I saw it plain as day like a vision. And he took me back to a moment where right before my dad left for the final time, he was still living with us at the moment. And he came home one day. My dad was my hero. Like he was the man. Like he was the man that every kid respected. Like you didn't just come to my house and and, and do crazy stuff. Like, my dad was on it. That's where I get that from today. My kid's like, hey, dad, all our friends are afraid of you. <laughs> and, and, but I get that from my dad. I said, they can be afraid, but they're going to respect my house. Amen. And uh, my dad was my hero. He was a big man, a strong man. And, and he walked in. It was one day I was, I was at home alone. And my dad worked for the railroad, so he was gone a lot. And he came in. And I had woke up from my bedroom, and I went down to my parents' bedroom uh, because I was the only one in the house. And, and I was asleep in, in my parents' bed, and my dad walked into the bedroom, and he sat down on the end of the bed with his back to me. And he began to have a conversation with me. And I don't think the conversation was intentional. As I looked back and God began to show me, my dad was broken, discouraged, and at that point, I believe he was just communicating something to a 16-year-old. And the conversation we had left me with this impression, 
if, if my dad is that broken, if my dad is that discouraged, then I don't ever want to be in that place. And I left that conversation thinking, I'm never going to get married and I'm never going to have children from that conversation. And that was not my dad's intention for me to walk away with that. But it's what he was going through, all of a sudden, it was projected onto me. Does that make sense? And the seeds that were planted from that conversation left me, and I, I traced it back, Ryan, all throughout my, my young adulthood life, you know, I thought, I'm never going to get married. It's just going to be me and Jesus, and I'm going to be good. Never going to get married, never going to have kids. Never going to get married, never going to have children. All throughout my adulthood life. And I traced it back over each relationship. I couldn't commit to a relationship, and, and I did not want kids. Even when Heather and I met and we started talking about kids, Heather, how many did you want, babe? You wanted, she wanted three, and then I'm like, I'm going to at least have to come to the table <laughs> and say one, you know. <laughs> and so we, we, we met at two, and they're back there. Give them a hand clap, Grayson and Carrie and Heather. They're, they're, they're back there. And, and. But in that moment, God showed me in that conversation, there was something planted in me because I saw my dad who was my hero. He was, he was the most discouraged I'd ever seen him. And that was one of the last days that I saw him. But that conversation impacted me all throughout my adulthood life. And I never knew it until I was about to propose to Heather and God had to take me back. And I said, God, take this away from me. And in that moment, God did, and I, I, I started the car back up and went on my journey to propose uh, to Heather. And, and I don't think I made a mistake. <laughs> no, she, she gave me the look back there. So uh, just joking. But, but, but I think about that. That could have that prevented me from, from a great marriage and, and, and wonderful children if I had let that root stay in me. From that, from that one particular conversation with my dad, my hero, that was so discouraged and so broken. And at 16, I couldn't understand what was going on in their relationship. All I saw, Rick, was a man that I admired, and he was our father, and he's at a broken, discouraged state. And so as time goes on, I, 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 I get married. Uh, we have children. And, and life, is, life is going good. And I've got... I've got, I've got uh, men of God that continue to speak into my life, and life is going grand and great. And then all of a sudden, everybody say all of a sudden. This is where that, the scripture where I talk about the reconciliation between children and father. And so all of a sudden, come here, Grayson, real quick. Let me, let me demonstrate what, because what, I went through life not even remembering. And, 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 and I hate to even say that. And I don't know why, but I went through my life not even, I didn't hate my dad. I just didn't remember my dad. God had filled that void, and my life went on. And so when Grayson came along, and, and he was, a, he was a, I don't know, he was maybe about six years old or whatever. And, and I remember we were sitting on the couch together watching TV, and all I did was this. I, I put my arm around him. And he kind of leaned into me, and I took my hand, and I began to play with his earlobe. He's like, why, Dad? Why? You call me up here for this? 
He's like, Uncle Joe, can you edit that out of the video, <laughs> please? And I began to play with his earlobe. And when I played with his earlobe, I had a Holy Ghost moment, and it's like all time stopped. And I remembered, and I hate to even admit this, in that moment, me playing with this earlobe, I remembered, whoa, I've got a dad. Because this is what my dad used to do to me. When I would sit with him, he said, come here, son. And he would just sit there and play with my earlobe. And it took that little action to bring me back to the realization, I've got a dad out there that I've not seen in 30 years. My children have never seen their grandfather. My wife has never met her father-in-law. I mean, no, that was a heavy moment for me. I'm thinking, wow. Y'all give Grayson a hand clap. He's like, he's like, Dad, you owe me big time for that one. But I'm in that moment, and I'm realizing, Norma, I'm like, I've got a dad. I've gone through life, and God's been good to me, but I've got a, a father that is still alive somewhere that I've not seen in 30 years. That's a long time. And I mean, you know, the enemy will come along and try to get you to block that out. Like, you know what? I don't want to bother. Life has been going good, so why even try to, try to reconnect? And, but the longer I kept putting it off, the Holy Spirit kept pushing and pushing. Hey, Adonis, you, you, you need to reach out. You need to reach out. And I didn't know what to do in that moment because it's like, you know, he's, when my parents got divorced, my dad moved away and, and remarried and started a new family. And it's like, I don't know what to do in that moment. But the Holy Spirit kept pushing, hey, reach out, reach out, reach out. So I called my sister and I got my dad's number and, and I was talking to Heather and I said, I said, I said, hey, dad lives in Vegas and... I think, I, think, I think we have to reconnect, and I don't know what that looks like, but, but he's there in Vegas, and, and she said, well, call him. So I called him, hadn't talked to my dad in 30 years. So I gave him a phone call. My dad answered. I said, hey, Dad, it's Adonis. I said, I, I, said, I just... I said, I just feel like if it's okay with you, I said, I'd like for you to meet your, your daughter-in-law and your, your grandchildren. And as I listened to silence, all of a sudden, have you ever heard anybody just sigh some relief? Like, <sighs> that's what he did. He was like, <sighs> Adonis, I would love to meet them, please. And in that moment, I said, okay, Dad. I said, well, here's some possible dates that we can, we can come there. I said, before I buy these plane tickets, I need to make sure <laughs> you're going to be there. And he said, you just tell me when we will block out that date and we would love to meet y'all. And he was living in Vegas with his wife. His kids were grown and 
uh, and moved moved out of the house by then. And so I told my wife, I said, hey, we're, we're going to Vegas. And, and we didn't know what to expect when we went there. All I knew, I felt God was like, hey, you need to reconnect. And sometimes God will, will tell you to do something. You don't know if it's for you or for the other person, but you just have to be obedient. And in that moment, I, as I begin to talk, it's almost like I've got to prep my kids because I'd never really talked about my dad before. And I started feeling a little guilt and shame, like, Adonis, what's wrong with you? You've never told your kids a lot about their grandfather. And it was not because there was animosity, but because he just wasn't a part of my life anymore. And God had really became a father through other people and fathered me. And so sitting down, before we even went, we're talking. I'm, now I'm sharing stories about my dad to my kids. So... Um, we get to Vegas, and we get into our hotel room, and they call us, and they're like, hey, let's, we're going to meet at this restaurant at y'all's hotel lobby. And I'm telling you, that was the longest elevator ride going down to that, that bottom floor that I've ever been on in my life. My son was like, Dad, what, what are you going to do when you see him? I don't know. Well, what are you going to do when you see him? <laughs> we don't know what to do, guys. I haven't seen his face in 30 years. But I remember I, I would tell people as I was sharing parts of my testimony throughout my, my ministry career, and I'd say, you know, I don't hold any animosity towards my dad. I said, if I ever saw him, I said, I'd run up and hug him. And, and in that moment, it's like I went back to those words, Rick. The elevator door opened. It's like my heart's pounding. It's like I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do. And as soon as we saw them, just walked up to him and gave him a bear hug. And it's like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm walking out what I said I would do, and now it's here. And I'm hugging my dad, and, and he's, then he hugs the kids. He hugs Heather. This is the first time my children are meeting their granddad. Heather's meeting her father-in-law. And we go to dinner, and we're sitting there, and I can't even explain it. It's like I'm having conversations with somebody that... I know, but I don't know. And we're, we're kind of, it, it's, it's, it's a little awkward, but I'm glad it's happening. Amen. And in that conversation, my dad begins to share some stuff. And he said, um, well, let me back up. I remember, I remember uh, in my early adulthood and really growing in the things of God. And at 16, I couldn't understand it, but as I got older... I began to look back at my parents' life, and, and I, I, I would never condone someone for leaving a family, but God brought me to an understanding, and I began to, to look back at my parents' relationship. And I remember telling my mom one day, uh, and my mom, she passed on when Grayson was two months old, so she's in heaven watching over me right now. But I remember telling my mom one day, I said, Mom, I, I, said, I, I, said, I finally realized, I said, I realized why Dad... Why you and dad didn't work out and dad left, you know. And I said, I said, as I was able to look at their relationship, I said, I said, I feel like dad needed someone who respected him as a man and made him feel like a man. I said that to my mom and I don't remember anything after that because she, she went off on me. <laughs> she went off on me and I, I, I said, because dad, I said, mom, dad was a good dad. He was a good man. 
I said, I said, I think y'all's relationship has some issues in, in the way, you know, uh, y'all treated each other. I said, but he was a good man. And, and God had to really bring me to that understanding. It's like I never hated my dad. I was never mad at my dad. And for some reason, I never missed my dad. And I blame that part on God because God immediately filled that gap. But 30 years later, he's bringing me back to a, a, some shape, form, or fashion of reconciliation, Delaney, to where I've got to initiate that. So we go to the hotel room. I mean, we go to the, to the hotel uh, restaurant. We're having dinner. And it starts off as some small talk, and we're just talking. And I'm just letting my dad talk, and we're talking, trying to catch up all over. I mean, you know, it takes a long time to catch up over 30 years. And I never will forget my dad say, you know, Donis, I, I, I've, I've wanted to reach out and connect. He goes, but, you know, he said, I, I, I heard you were doing good, and my wife would show me photos of everybody. And he was like, man, I just, I just, I knew you were doing good, and I, I was just going to leave you guys alone. And I'm thinking, whoa, 30 years, my dad is thinking, man, Donis is doing good, just Leave them alone. Just, they're gone on with their life. 30 years, I'm just not even thinking about my earthly father. But all of a sudden, I mean, no, God, God has a way of bringing things full circle. And in that moment, we're just, we're just having those conversations. And, and after dinner, I think we went out for some ice cream. And then we met back at the hotel. We hugged. We said our goodbyes. And then we hung out again the next day. And we woke up that next morning and Grace, and my dad looked at me before he left. He goes, he goes, Donis, you have a good family. You got a great family. And I never will forget, we, we wake up the next morning. We're going to spend the next day with them. And me and Grayson walk out early. And uh, he, go, he looks at me. He goes, Dad, your dad was right. You've got a great family, you know. <laughs> and in that moment, I felt like I did what God had, had called me to do. And so I just kind of left it at that. Like, we had our moment in Vegas. After that, Heather, what, another two or three years before we seen them again. And my niece was getting married. And we all went to San Antonio, Texas. And my dad and his wife were, were there again. And it's like, got to meet him and, 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 and spend some time with him. And then, now here's the big kicker here. This is how God does everything. Because you, you just never know the mind of God. And how I many know you can't hold grudges, amen? And so after 30 years, this, what, this Thanksgiving, Heather? This Thanksgiving, the big plan is for, for my dad's family, whom I've never met. The family that, that he started, never met them. They're all coming to spend Thanksgiving with us this Thanksgiving. They, they're, they're coming. And, and it's like, God, that's, that's something that only you would orchestrate because I have no idea what God is doing with that. Amen? But it's like we're doing it and we're excited about it. And it's, you know, half of the time, and I'm just being honest with you guys. It's like sometimes I think, God, what, what if we'd have reached out earlier than 30 years? God, why did it have to be 30 years? 
God, why did my children have to go till they were seven and nine before they met their grandfather? How many know sometimes you can beat yourself up over things like that? Like, like, oh, I'm a bad dad. I, I just, it, 30 years. But those are the things you got to put out of your mind and realize that God's up to something. Because this, I, I think it was this, when we first, I, I had met his wife in 30 years. And she's just the most sweetest, precious uh, a woman on the planet loves us all. And I'm thinking all of that took 30 years. Then the devil began to do a number on me. Hey, preacher, that took you 30 years to acknowledge you got. So I had to get over all that stuff and realize that, that we all go through different stages of life. And this is just part of my journey. And I don't think it's over. I don't know what the end result looks like. As we're sitting around Thanksgiving dinner eating barbecue ribs because that's the way we roll at my house. I don't know about what y'all do at your house, but that's the way we roll at my house. We will do the traditional turkey for the people that like turkey, but me and Grayson decided we got to have barbecue ribs every Thanksgiving. So while we're sitting around eating, we're just going to let God be God, amen, and love on people. We get to meet. I get to meet uh, his daughters that I've never met before. Never met before. My family will be there, and it's almost, you know, and I kind of see that as, going back to that scripture, the reconciliation. That's important. And I think about that for 30 years. What was my dad thinking? For 30 years, what was I thinking? But for 30 years, I know what God was thinking. I've got to bring you all back together. And whatever the purpose behind that coming back together, I believe God has something great in store. Amen? This help anybody today? It, 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 really, it really, once again, my desire as, as we get ready to dismiss here and, and we're still celebrating fathers, my desire is that as we reflect on fatherhood and if anybody can get anything out of, out of my story, I'm, I'm just excited because... If God hadn't brought me back to that realization, I don't know if I ever would have put thought back to my dad. And shame on me. Sometimes I want to think about that. And it's like, but he took me playing with my son's earlobe to spark a memory that put this thing in motion. And now after 30 years, get to reconnect and, and, and reconcile into some form of relationship with someone who's been estranged for so long. So y'all pray for us for Thanksgiving. If y'all want some ribs, come on over too. The more the merrier because we have tons of family there. But we're excited that they're coming um, uh, to be with us. And, you know, my prayer is that as I see this as a reconciliation to an earthly father, that we will also look at this as reconciliation to a, a heavenly father. We're going through life and we hit those moments where we get off track and that God will do something to cause us to remember that we've got a Heavenly Father that has always been there for us. We have to initiate the reconnection and God will do the rest. Amen? Amen. Come on, give God a praise. That's, that's, that's part of my story right there. And uh, let's stand up. We'll get ready to be dismissed. Thanks for listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. 
To find out more about us and who we are, check out our website at bridgesnashville.com or find us on social media at Bridges Nashville.